Hey, everybody, Elizabeth here. Before we get into today's episode, I wanted to make sure that you know registration is currently open for our Spring Strong Foundations cohort. Strong Foundations is a five-week strength building program brought to you by me and Morgan Bungers. Coach Morgan Bungers is one of the best, most effective strength training coaches in this country. He has worked with some of the most elite athletes in the world, and now he specializes working with people in their 40s, in their 50s, in their 60s who want everyday strength. And this is not about being able to push your suitcase into the overhead compartment on an airplane. We need to be consistently and effectively strength training if we want to maintain the strength of our immune system. Muscle is a critical part of our immune system. And if we are not actively maintaining our strength, we are losing it as we age. And that means we are losing the strength of our immune system. It's also a significant component of our overall metabolism, especially our carbohydrate metabolism. Muscle mass plays a huge role in energy, in mood, mental health, bone health, so many different things. This is just not optional, but a lot of us don't do it because we aren't sure what to do. We aren't sure what not to do. We aren't sure if we're moving well. We don't know how to accommodate for our physical limitations or our current level of fitness, and that is why you need a coach and you'd be hard-pressed to find one better than Morgan Bungers. Now, here's the thing about fitness programs. I've experienced this. My mom, who's in her 70s, has experienced this, where you buy a fitness program and then you're like, okay, but I I can't do that workout because I'm not fit enough or I don't have enough balance or I don't have that equipment or that hurts my knees or it hurts my back. And then you're sort of just left to figure it out yourself, which means we often don't do anything. The great thing about Strong Foundations is that Morgan and I are part of it every single day and you have an unlimited ability to ask us questions in a group setting or via direct message so that Morgan can help you scale for you, for whatever equipment you have, for the time that you have, for your fitness level, for your body and your physical limitations. Five weeks, there's two different tiers. There's a beginner intermediate tier. There's an intermediate advanced tier. The testimonials that we have received from our previous clients will blow your mind. You can check them out and also register for your spot by going to primalpotential.com forward slash strong foundation. Primalpotential.com forward slash strong foundation. If you are an alum, if you have been through strong foundations before, I've already emailed you a renewal link with a special renewal rate. So please use that. If you don't see that email, let me know. For the rest of you, primalpotential.com forward slash strong foundation. We start on May 13th. So grab your spot now. You will have these workouts for life. Four workouts a week for five weeks, two different tiers. So you've got 40 workouts total. Plus, there is a five-part series on your pelvic floor. That is an incredibly important part of your physical fitness, of your strength, of your core strength, of your overall health, of your ability to maintain functional mobility as you get older. We want you to be a part of this. You will not regret joining the Strong Foundations cohort. It is an incredible community. 
everybody needs to be consistently and effectively strength training. And if you're not, it's probably because you don't know how to make it work for you. And it can be made to work for you. It needs to be made to work for you. Primalpotential.com forward slash strong foundation to register now. Let's get into the episode. This is Primal Potential, and I am your host, Elizabeth Benton. Primal Potential is about you. Your ability to change is not defined by yesterday and doesn't need to wait until tomorrow. Your transformation is now. Let's get started. Hello, everybody. Welcome back or welcome to the Primal Potential Podcast. I am Elizabeth Benton. Crazy to think that we are gearing up for the new year, just a few days away now. And something that is increasingly important to me as I get older is noting and reflecting on what happened in the previous year. Because otherwise, things stand out like, I got married or I had a baby. Neither of those things have happened. Well, I've been married before, but you know what I'm saying. Oftentimes, the really huge things stand out and we come to the end of the year and everything's a bit of a blur. And not only do we fail to take the time to celebrate milestones and accomplishments and progress, but we also fail to walk away with a real a real sense of the lessons that we've learned and the things that we're taking forward into the new year with us. So I was reflecting on a lot of different things that happened over the course of 2019. And what I wanted to share with you today is a few of the big lessons I learned. And I'll tell you, these lessons did not come easily. While a lot of wonderful things happened in 2019, a lot of really hard things happened too. And there were many, many trials and tribulations and unexpected challenges, but I didn't want to lose the lesson. In the moment, the lesson felt really big, but to change my behavior and to to really help me grow moving forward, I have to hang on to those. I have to continue to practice those things. So 2019 taught me a few big ones, and that's what I want to share with you today. And I would love to hear from you, what were some of the big lessons that you've learned that you're carrying into 2020 that you've now adopted as a practice because of some things that have happened? And I know for me, 2019 was a huge year, far bigger than I ever would have imagined going into the new year. You know, some things I knew were going to happen in 2019, but others took me totally by surprise. When we started the year, I knew in late 2018 that I'd kick off 2019 by by closing on a new house, right? And uh, not an investment property, but the house in which I'm now kind of living, though renovation isn't done. Early January 2019 started buying this house, closing on the 1770s farmhouse with the orchard and over 200 varieties of flowering and fruiting trees with an apartment and three outbuildings. And 
we also started renovation really, really quickly right away on the apartment and then my office and then the main house. So all year long has been renovations. On top of that, the very day that we closed on the house, we moved in together. Only days later, my first book was released. That's such a huge milestone, right? And it feels hard to believe that it was inside of the last year that that happened. In a way, it feels like it was five years ago. But yeah, Chasing Cupcakes was released to the world just days after starting the year closing on this house. Then I joined a mastermind that scared the heck out of me. Our first meeting was in late January of 2019. In February, Sarah came onto the team. Sarah from our Q&A episode, Sarah who helped so much inside the 12 Weeks to Transformation. And while I've had and still have remote team members who work elsewhere in the world and elsewhere in the country, this was the first time that since launching Primal Potential that I had somebody physically working with me, sharing the same space. And uh, that was a big milestone as well. I launched a new business outside of Primal Potential and started building a team within that. I did not see that coming for 2019, not even a little bit. I got pregnant. I did not see that coming for 2019. I really did not. It was something I had been thinking about and something I had been praying about, but I certainly did not see that as a, a 2019 thing, and yet sure was. I created and launched the Identity Journal in 2019. Prior to that, we used PDF documents that I would create, but a physical identity journal became a permanent part of the 12 Weeks to Transformation. I also launched the new Nutrition Fundamentals course in 2019. We celebrated Primal Potential's five-year anniversary. Huge milestone. I hired a chief operating officer. She starts this month. I didn't see that coming. I really didn't. And there were so many other things, but these are a few of the, the massive ones that stand out in my mind. And with all of this, there were huge lessons. And let's just keep it really real. There were a ton of trials and tribulations. And since we're going with T words, there were a lot of tears. A lot of tears, many highs, and really, really low lows. I've made some incredible new friendships that I know will be lifelong ones that are changing my life for the better. And at the same time, while that's happened, I've also been lied to and stolen from. It's been a banner year for income, for revenue, and also I've spent more than ever, and I've also lost some money. Like, Theft lost some money. So I said I wanted to share the biggest lessons that I've taken from all of these, these big milestones and, and many of the hard times that came along with them. But first, I want to genuinely thank you for being a part of it. Big part of it, small part of it, doesn't matter. I'm honored that some of your time and some of your attention and some of your trust goes to ideas and thoughts and, and challenges that um, we put out into the world through Primal Potential. So genuinely, truly, 
thank you for being part of this journey in 2019. And I'm, I'm so excited to share 2020 with you. And even as I say that, I get, I get choked up because I know one of the biggest things coming in 2020 is, is my daughter, my first child. Um, and that is one of so many things that I'm excited to share with you in 2020. Let's get to the lessons. The, the one that came to my mind first when I sat with my journal and I started asking myself, you know, what are some of the, the things that I'm taking away from this year? And the, the first one that came to my mind was about communication. And not only my expectations of others, right? I, I really believe firmly, do not expect you from other people. I cannot expect me from other people. But I've learned some very hard lessons with communication. And a lot of them fall on my own faults and and my own struggle to communicate because as all of this stuff happened, whether it was launching a book or renovating a house or growing a business or having new team members, all of those things require great communication. And I dropped the ball on a lot of a lot of conversations and a lot of situations and a lot of challenges the first thing that i'm taking away from some communication that went really well and a lot of communication that did not go well is first to slow down and make understanding my first priority and that includes understanding the situation but also understanding other people's perspectives I'll be totally candid and say that once I had an understanding of a, of a situation, I would just go to what I thought was right or what I wanted to be done. And in doing so, I mean, frankly, my perspective on that is that it's, it's pretty selfish. It's pretty selfish to skip over before responding other people's perspectives or to gloss over it, to not give it the time, to not give it the attention. So I have a new standard for myself that understanding is my first priority, whereas before, responding was my first priority. And I never, well, not never, but lately I have, I have not had a pattern of being a reckless responder. You know, my, my intentions are good and I think things through. But there's a difference between having a first priority of a good response that aligns with my my values. There's a difference between that and making the priority be understanding both the situation and the perspectives of everybody in the situation. The second thing I'm taking away with regards to communication is wait to respond. If it's anything other than a typical conversation... How are you? Do you need me to work on this? Ask for time. Ask for time. The more time that I allow to pass before I respond, the better the communication goes, without exception. Now, these are like my lessons, right? So you might think like, oh, I can't do that or I don't want to do that. And that's fine. This is what I'm taking away from 
some pretty challenging situations with communication over the year, both personally and professionally. If it's anything other than a typical conversation, if there's any kind of misunderstanding or frustration or tension or anything like that, ask for time and wait to respond. I'm also working to, before responding, diffuse any anger, any frustration, any emotion with other perspectives. How else could I see this? What else is true? What am I maybe not considering? As well as the perspective of the big picture. How much does this really matter in the scheme of life, in the scheme of business, in the scheme of this relationship? So I'm taking away a practice of diffusing intense emotions by requiring of myself that I consider other perspectives, including the perspective of the big picture. This is one I've worked on for a while, but really got reinforced and hammered home for me in this last year. Go into communication with any other person expecting that they will see it differently, that they will communicate differently than I do. Because of course, we're different people with different experiences and different values and different priorities and different backgrounds. The goal is not to have it go my way the way I want it to. For me, the goal is great stress-free relationships, free from conflict and tension. There will always be differing viewpoints and differing competing priorities, but all of that can exist with a stress-free communication, a stress-free relationship. And I will say, you know, the whole don't expect you from other people and take a beat and slow down and make understanding a priority and all of that, it'll probably always be a work in progress for me. But I can say that even though there's been so much communication that has left me in tears with, you know, personal relationships and professional relationships and inside my business and outside of my business, I feel like all of those things happened for me because without them and without this theme of so many things going wrong, I probably wouldn't have slowed down to look at my own communication, you know? So I'm really, really grateful for that. The second lesson that I'm taking away from this year is to play bigger and to have bigger goals. Even though if you would have asked me six months ago, like, are your goals big? I would have said yes, right? Like, I wrote a book. I launched a business. I'm renovating a house. Big goals. They were big in a relative way, you know, like relative to the masses. But they weren't big enough for the life that I want. And they didn't take into account what's possible for my life. I was kind of playing it safe. So now, whether it's planning my week or setting goals for my business for the year or setting my expectations for my relationships, I really want to think bigger. And that has become a question that I ask myself 
on a regular basis, you know, like if I say, what would make today great? I answer that question when I'm journaling and then I say, now think bigger. Because maybe my first past answer is just the status quo. It's just what comes quickly and easily to my mind, you know? Oh, today would be great if I eat well and I get all my work done. Well, think bigger. Okay, I'd love to go on an adventure today. And I can do that right here in my town. I'd like to have passion in my relationship today. I can do that. doesn't matter that it's a Tuesday. I really want to build that network of friendships that are so deep and so real and so authentic and so generous. And I can make that a priority today. I can give 10 minutes to somebody with whom I'm building one of those relationships. But if I didn't challenge myself to think bigger, then it might just be like, oh, I want to get done these three big tasks at work and I want to eat well. But I don't want to have a life of productive days or healthy days. I mean, that's there's nothing wrong with that. It's great, but I want to think bigger than that. I want to have a life that's full and that's rich and where adventure and fun and passion are the norm. They're the priority all the time. Not the unexpected surprise or the priority when things get slow and mundane. One of the things that we did in one of our mastermind meetings over the course of the year was we started looking at, you know, designing our ideal day, designing our ideal life. And the host of the mastermind, his name's Chris Harder, he would say, okay, if you did those things on a scale of one to 10, how would you rate your life? People would say, I don't know, that'd be like a seven. That would be a solid seven. And he'd say, why in the world are you designing a seven? So now I think of that in terms of my day. I don't want a day that's like a seven because I got a lot done at work and I got to the gym and I ate well and I meditated. No, I want a day that's a 10. What's going to make this day a 10? What's going to make this a day that I'm like, today was awesome? And why am I not shooting for that more consistently? So going into 2020, I will be. And we can apply this to a project at work. Not like, how can we get this done? But what would make it great? What would make us really proud? What would get us excited? We can take that same mindset into any of our workouts. When I think about the best I can imagine it, I now have a practice of saying, okay, now make it better. You know, what would make this day as good as I can possibly imagine it? And I'll answer that. And this doesn't take a lot of time. I can usually do that in a couple of minutes. And then I'll say, okay, now make it better. In large part because I want to build the skill and I want to enhance the muscle of thinking bigger and expecting more for myself so that I can get more out of life so that I have more to give, so that I have more happiness to give, so that I have more understanding to give, so that I have more money to give. This next one has probably been the hardest one, to be honest. Um, the communication one certainly wasn't easy to learn. It's easier to practice, though. But this, this next one is about fear of judgment. 
we all have people who don't agree with our decisions or our perspectives, and lots of times people make that known, right? They're not hiding that they disapprove, they think you're crazy, they think you're stupid, they think it's going to fail. And I've had more criticism and negativity thrown my way this year than ever before. And I think it's a function of doing more, right? I mean, the more you put yourself out there, the more people to share their two cents. And some of that is going to be amazingly positive and supportive and loving. Some of it's going to be neutral and some of it's going to be downright unkind. So I think it's a function of, you know, I wrote a book, I'm renovating a house, I got pregnant, I started a new business. A lot of people want to make their opinions known regardless of if they're positive, negative, neutral, constructive, destructive, you name it. When it comes to negative feedback, and fear of judgment, because that's what it was wrapped up in for me. I wanted people to approve. I mean, heck, I want people to improve. It's not a past tense thing. And I want people to like me and I want people to understand me. And most of us do, right? We're human. We're, we're meant for relationship. And because of that, fear of judgment is a very real thing. It's, it's deeply seated in the essence of who we are. But what I've learned is, you know, there are people whose feedback I value. And those people, the people closest to me, the people who really love me and want what's best for me, even if they don't know me very well, right, even if they're, they're clients or they're listeners, those people are discussing, they're not judging, right? And the ones who straight up criticize or condemn or unkind, that's a reflection of them and their beliefs. It's not a reflection of me and mine. And the same thing is true if I were to be unkind to somebody else. That's really more about me and my beliefs than it is about them and theirs. And I spent a lot of time in 2019, quite frankly, I spent far too much time and far too much energy trying to be understood and agonizing over how to make it right with people I don't know or I don't know well or I'm not close to or people that are unkind and feeling really hurt by their words. And I probably will always feel that way to an extent, but when I, when I started to think about Where's the lesson in this for me? I thought about something I learned this year going through the mastermind. Because this is a mastermind of of primarily seven-figure and higher earners and business owners. And going into it, I was like, gosh, there's such a wide variety of people. There's, There's doctors, there's lawyers, there's service providers, there's consumer packaged goods people. You name it. And I thought, gosh, everybody's business is so different. It's going to be hard to, to discern like what really works and what doesn't because we're all doing such different things. So I, I went into it looking for themes. What are common threads that I'm seeing amongst all these people? Or, or what are common things that I'm not seeing amongst all these people? And what I, what I saw repeatedly, not just when we would meet in person, but through our communication and our networking over the course of the year is that successful people are curious. They're not critical. Their minds are open. They're not closed. You know, when I think about like somebody who's really successful in 
finance and business and family and health or whatever, they're not going to look at what somebody else is doing and be like, you're crazy. You're stupid. The most successful people, even if it's not something they want to do, they're looking to learn more because they understand that there's much they don't know. And the reason they got to where they are is because they're open-minded, not close-minded. I mean, the first thing that came to mind when I was thinking about this was like cryptocurrencies. Successful investors, want to, they might not be into it. They might not do it themselves, but they certainly want to understand the premise of it. The most successful people are looking to learn, not looking to judge. And when I say most successful, I'm not just talking about money because I think money is one of very, very, very many diverse indicators of success. I'm talking about success in relationships, success in happiness, success in health, and of course, business and finances. Most successful people across all those things, if they hear that, you know, you're investing in marijuana farms, I'm not, don't worry. But they wouldn't be like, oh my gosh, I would never, ever, ever do that. Are you kidding me? You're an idiot. You're going to, you're an idiot and you're going to lose your shirt. Even if it wasn't something for them down the road or even now, they're still going to want to learn because that's what successful people do. They in order to grow, in order to create success, they have to have minds open to what else is out there, to what they might not know, instead of closing off and making assumptions based on what they think they know. And learning that, seeing that lesson, because I've always been a curious person, right? I, I genuinely, since I was a little kid, have always asked a ton of questions and really wanted to understand. But when I saw this as a theme of people who are most successful throughout the most diverse areas of their lives, it really helped me with the fear of judgment. Because if you're judging me, you're not looking to understand me. You're not looking to expand your own understanding of the world or of people or of decision making. You're closed. And that's okay because I've been closed at times in my life too. But I don't need to invest my energy there and I don't have my feelings. I don't need to have my feelings hurt there because it's a reflection of where that person is, not a reflection of where I am. I know that I think things through and that doesn't mean I always make perfect decisions, but they are very deliberate decisions and they are very, they are very well thought out decisions. And I'll always have more to learn, but when the judgment comes from people who are critical, who are unkind, the people that I would previously be like, well, should I say it like this? Should I do it like this? Should I even put this out? Because I know that, you know, I'm going to get this feedback. I now say, yes, I am, because the people that I can help the most are the people whose minds are open. I can't help and I can't make happy and I can't satisfy the people whose minds are closed, who just go with their instinctive judgment and they're basing their lives and their opinions and their words and their emotions on what they know instead of opening themselves up to what they might not know. And I learned this as well when I said yes to a new business that I never thought I would say yes to. Because if I had been closed, it would have been an immediate hell no. But because it wasn't, because I was more curious than I was critical, because my mind was open and not closed, because I was more interested in what I didn't know than what I thought I did know, I realized how wrong I was in a lot of my assumptions and how wrong I was in many of my fears and my doubts. And 
that openness and willingness to explore other perspectives opened me up to an opportunity I never saw coming that has been a rich, deep, profound blessing in my life and in many other people's lives. So I'm not going to say that I'm like super excited about judgment and I'm not going to say I have no fear of judgment because that's not true. I'm a work in progress. I am getting better though because what I realize is that those who are critical and those who are unkind, they're just at that place where their minds are more closed than they are open. And I want to align myself on the side of success, which I know requires that whether I agree or I don't agree or whether I like it or I don't like it, my greatest opportunity is to learn and to understand and to come at things from mind open instead of mind closed. Not everybody is going to agree with me, and that's fine. Not everybody's going to be kind, and that's the way of the world. But I don't have to give my energy or my time or my emotion where folks simply just don't have an open mind about things. And I can say that I, for one, choose to be on the side of success and the side of open-mindedness. And I can be open about that in case other people are ready and willing and able to make that shift. And I know and I trust that the world is going to continue to give me tons of opportunities to practice that perspective because the world is going to continue to give me criticism and unkindness and all of those things, you know? So those are some of the biggest lessons that I am taking away from 2019 and bringing into 2020 as a practice, not as a trophy, but as an intentional, deliberate practice. And I would love to know what some of your big lessons were. So tag me on Facebook, tag me on Instagram, go over to the show notes page, leave a comment. You can do that by going to primalpotential.com forward slash 698, primalpotential.com forward slash 698. I know I can be better learning from your lessons as well. So I would love, love, love for you to share that. Or maybe we can start a great discussion over in our free Primal Potential Facebook group. I'll link that up in the show notes for today's episode, primalpotential.com forward slash 698. Last thing before we go, because the new year is creeping up on us super quickly. It's going to be here before we know it in about a week. Registration is now open for the winter 2020 12 weeks to transformation. So if you want to work more closely with me, if you want to work on yourself and do some of that work to change the way you're thinking, to reevaluate your habits and your patterns and your routines and your perspectives, if you feel like you need more structure and more support, more of a coach, This could very much be the right thing for you. I was talking to one of my clients the other day and and I asked her, you know, what made you decide to do this? And she said, she went through the fall session. She said, I was listening to the podcast and I really, really loved it. And I had all of these ideas, but I wasn't really consistent and I wasn't getting the results that I wanted. And I recognized that I was going to need more structure and I was going to need a coach. If you can relate to that, Don't wait, right? Because there's no better time than capitalizing on the momentum of the new year. And why wait anyway? Because 
The cost of change is a bargain today compared to what it will be tomorrow. And the reason for that is if you wait, you're just continuing to reinforce those previous patterns and habits and perspectives, making them all that much stronger down the road. So inside the 12 Weeks to Transformation, here's kind of how it works. The first thing we do is we mail you your physical identity journal. And then the first Sunday in January, we kick off with our first of 12 weekly challenges. We have coaching calls where I'm on there live answering your questions. We have daily coaching audio messages, which go out to you every single day, seven days a week. And you have a backlog of the last two years of daily coaching audios. And those are like a favorite. They're one of my favorite elements of the 12 weeks. And people always say that they really feel the same way. So we have the weekly challenges, we have the daily coaching audios, we have those live coaching webinars where you can ask any questions or share any struggles, and I'm there with you in real time to help you work through it. But it's really about creating change. No matter what that change is in your life, whether you want to change your mindset or you want to get out of debt or you want to start a new business or you want to lose weight, creating change begins with changing how you think upgrading your perspectives, and then seeing it through to a change in your behavior. So we talk about four pillars and we work through those in three-week segments. The first is awareness. The second is alignment. The third is advancement. And the fourth and final pillar is adjustment. And we work through all of those things, being more aware of your choices, being more aware of your thoughts, making sure that your thoughts and your actions are aligned with the results that you want. We make sure that we're advancing our position, that we aren't just upgrading our mindset but not changing our lives. We're actually advancing towards our goals. And then we're figuring out what works and what doesn't work so that we can adjust. So if you want to work more closely with me and more closely with Sarah and the rest of the team, it might be the best move for you. And you can learn more about it as well as register by going to primalpotential.com forward slash transform or by going to the show notes page for today's episode, primalpotential.com forward slash 698. But I would love the opportunity to kick off the new year working more closely with you. And if you have any questions about it, you can just reach out to me or reach out to Sarah and uh, we'll talk it through with you and make sure it's a good fit for you. Everybody have an amazing day. Don't forget to share some of your lessons with me. I'd love to hear them. Talk to you soon. Thank you so much for joining me for another episode of the Primal Potential Podcast, where my goal is not to inform you, but to transform you. And if you would like to receive free motivation and strategy and recipes, workouts, meal ideas every week right to your inbox, just text the word PRIMAL to the number 44222 or go to primalpotential.com slash join. It's a great way to get the tools, the strategies, and the practical implementation assistance that you need to create your own transformation between podcast episodes. Just text the word PRIMAL to the number 44222 or go to primalpotential.com slash join. See you there.